Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Two Jobbers and a Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. And on today's show, I have a good friend, and no, it is not Robert Quiles. He likes to be known as the better Puerto Rican. It is Mr. Jason Aquendo. Jason, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. You know, I'm here right now to support you, unlike other people. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, man. I'm happy you're here. Change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know people were confused about last week. I didn't have a show. Uh, last week was crazy. You know, I had a wedding to go to. It just, it was right in the middle of the week, too, when I usually do the show. So it was really hard to just kind of get something going. But we're here this week. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there right away quick. Uh, NXT TakeOver 30. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, The matches were pretty solid. I think the best match of the night, hands down, was the fatal five-way ladder match for the uh, NXT North American Championship. I'm happy Damian Priest won, as he should. He's a rising star. Uh, The main event, the NXT title uh, match between Karrion Kross and Keith Lee. I'm very happy that Karrion Kross won. Uh, The match itself, though, wasn't uh, as exciting as I thought it was going to be. You know, when I think NXT title matches, I just think, like, you have to just be that next level. And it it wasn't that next level for me that it should have been. Sadly, Karrion Kross got injured in that match and had to relinquish his NXT title, which led to the fatal four-way Iron Man match that happened this past Tuesday on uh, Super Tuesday NXT and ended in a draw between Finn Balor and Adam Cole which I'm very excited to see because they're going to have these two fight next week to become the new NXT champion. And if I'm going to throw out my opinion here, I fully expect Finn Balor to walk away a two-time NXT champion next week. But we are going to move on from NXT, and we're going to talk a little bit about SummerSlam, kind of kind of quick. But we're going to talk SummerSlam really quick because I know we both uh, watched it and we both had our opinions about it. Uh, first thing about SummerSlam, the uh, let's see, what match did we got here? Apollo Crews beat MVP. I'm not going to even get into this match. Uh, Apollo Crews should not have been fighting MVP. It's just a waste of time. So we're just going to go on from that. Uh, the Bailey oscar match. Again, fully expected Bailey to retain here. Once we get into talking about payback, you're going to see why uh, this all happened and where they're going. And I kind of feel like they're going there at like a rapid speed. I would have I would have wanted a, a little more time, but we'll get into that later. Uh, the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. That was actually a pretty solid tag team match. Street Profits retained. I don't know if that was necessarily the best idea in my mind. I would have liked Angel Garza and Andrade to walk out the new Raw Tag Team Champions. But what are you going to do about it? The Mandy rose Sony Deville match was just not good. I'm going to flat out say it. It was not a good match. <laughs> you know, I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but there were so many botches and just you know it, it just wasn't looking good in certain spots and it, you saw it overall and it was just not a good match um oscar versus sasha banks exactly what i expected to happen here oscar winning the raw women's championship from sasha kind of creating that divide between bailey and sasha banks because it was bailey's fault she didn't help out sasha just as sasha helped out bailey earlier in the night so what kind of that was going to happen this match right here, I I believe, was the match of the night. Uh, Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio. Listen, 
of course, there were certain spots where it, it didn't look, you know, the best for Dominic. But once he got his stride, he was looking really good out there. He was looking like a Mysterio. He was doing these crazy moves. And then again, you know, I got to hand it off to Seth Rollins as well because Seth Rollins was the correct person to put him in a ring with because he made Dominic look like a star. I was so amazed by how good he looked. But again, I fully expected Rollins to come out on top here. Which, you know, you can't expect Dominic to beat someone like Rollins in his first match. Um, next match, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, I know we're going to get into this because I'm going to ask you your opinion about SummerSlam once I'm done getting mine. And I already know where you're going to go with it. Uh, I thought this match was really good. I know that you were not a fan of the no finishers. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll let you talk about that in a second. But me personally, I loved... I, I didn't love... I'm gonna, I'm, I take it back. I did not love it, but I I was okay with it. I was okay with no finishers were had, and it was just kind of a thing that of Drew McIntyre kind of outsmarted someone like Randy Orton, someone who was like, I'm better than you. I'm a better wrestler than you. I had the longevity. I had the seniority. Like I just know wrestling better than you, and you were outsmarted by someone like Drew McIntyre. So I, I wasn't upset about how the match ended. So I was okay with that. And then on to your main event, The Fiend versus Braun Strowman, uh, False Got Anywhere match. This match was absolutely disappointing. Uh, it was not what I expected at all. Uh, when I hear False Got Anywhere, I'm thinking, like, backstage area. I'm thinking, like, parking lot, you know, in the crowd. I don't know. But for you to go, like, to the back for, like, three minutes and then just end it back in the ring was kind of, like, whatever – and then, of course, the whole tagline of SummerSlam, you'll never see it coming. And who comes out other than the big dog, Roman Reigns, spearing not only Braun Strowman, but at the time, the new Universal Champion, The Fiend, which led us to payback. But before we get that, Jay, let me get your notes on SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam was okay, man. Um, you know, it's such a bummer, man, because SummerSlam is supposed to be like... The second best pay per view yep, after WrestleMania, and it was it was fine, man. Nothing spectacular about it. It was fun to do it in a new uh, at an actual stadium. Yep, with I the, agree with uh, that. Thunder with the Thunderdome. It's a Thunderdome, right? Yep, correct. Yeah, Thunderdome, and just to see the fans now, the way you see them now, it's it has it brings that it, that that excitement again. It feels like even though the fans are virtual and everything, you see them through their computer and everything, but it's just awesome to have this opportunity to see some people in the background now, rather like black sheets or like red wrestlers. Yeah. Or yeah. Or other, honestly. Yeah. Other wrestlers on the, I agree on the plexiglass that I just feel like they're just forcing themselves to actually entertain, even though they might not be. So, uh, but no, it was, it was, it was, it was okay, man. Um, I'm not going to go through the match. You pretty much said it very well. Uh, I'll just get real quick with you on the Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. Uh, yeah, like I said, with that one, man, I just, I just wanted to see Drew McIntyre just do the kick, man. Uh, listen, per- personally, I thought Randy was going to win that match. It's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Drew McIntyre could have, like, they could have found a way that he could have got away from the punt. And then give him the is a Claymore kick. That's what they call it. Correct. I would have been fine with that, man. But the way they won, it was just like, uh, it was like whatever, man. 
is what it is. And then with uh, Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt, like you said, it was just not not what we expected. And uh, we'll get to that even more. But what you was explaining what you wanted to see yeah. was in payback. And it should have been the other way around. You Correct. should have saw that in SummerSlam. Correct. So. Yeah, man. Uh, but like but yeah. you just said, let's, let's now jump into payback. We actually watched payback together. It was a great time. Nice. I was happy to, to to watch it with you. It was our first pay per view from the COVID nineteen. We actually watched together in person. Correct, correct. <laughs> it's very true. It was it was a milestone moment. <laughs> um, but here we go. First match on Payback: Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Cruz, the United States Championship. You know, I, I I'm kind of I was kind of tired of Apollo Cruz kind of fighting like the MVP Bobby Lashley. Uh, Shelton Benjamin kind of like crew because you know I just feel like there's so there's so much talent on Raw who you can be putting him putting him up against for the U.S. title that I'm just like why are we doing this? Uh, Bobby Lashley actually came out with the win here. Uh, kind of shocked, I guess I'm gonna say. But honestly, when we when we watched together, we were talking about it, you know I think it's very well deserved. You know Bobby Lashley I think has definitely gotten better the past couple of months. He's been looking he's been looking great. His wrestling has been improving, and his character as well has been improving. So, you know, I think something like this, a U.S. title, is definitely well-deserved. Yeah, man. Uh, with Bobby Lashley, um, I, I, for some period, I don't know why, but it, I just felt like he was going to win this match, and he did. But, uh, man, he looked great, like you said, man. Um, I actually enjoyed this match a lot with Apollo Crews and Bobby Lashley. Like, they mm-hmm. really did good with each other. Uh, I see that they have a really good chemistry, to be honest with you. But this match was pretty solid, man, as the first match uh, for the night. Um, but I enjoyed it. I'm pretty hyped about Bobby Lashley winning the championship. And uh, I kind of like the the phony uh, photograph shots that they yeah. had. So, yeah. That was really <laughs> funny. And then Apollo, Apollo Crews coming out of nowhere and attacking him. Uh, like, yeah, oh, with right. the ra- yeah, with the random attack. I was like, yeah, Apollo, you hating out here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, that nah, was a good match. I liked it, man. Um, I don't know. You're right, though, but it seems like they're going to continue with this with this storyline. Yeah. They're going to put Apollo Crews right back to get, face Bobby Lashley. So let's see where they go from there. I agree. Uh, next match, Big E versus Sheamus. Um, listen, I'm I'm a fan of, you know, giving Big E that push, man. You know, I think he's someone finally. who... Finally, absolutely. And it's, again, another thing, well-deserved, you know. My guy has paid his dues. He honestly is a great superstar. He's a great wrestler. And we saw that in this match. You know, Sheamus I, is a person who, you know, he's he's he, he's up there and he's versed a lot of people in a lot of different types of matches. So I think he's definitely, especially a physical match like this, he was the correct person to put up against Big E. And again, you know, I'm happy Big E came out here with the win. You know, again, it's like you said, very well-deserved. And I'm happy he's finally getting that push that, you know, he's definitely earned out of his tenure in the WWE. Yeah, uh, yeah man, uh, Big E right here, man, it's just like another Keith Lee, man, in some ways. You know, um, he's not as the high-flying that Keith Lee can be at times when he wants to. Yeah. But Big E is very athletic, man, and we yeah. can't take that away. And you're right, man, with Sheamus, this is a former WWE champion, man. Sheamus, no joke. So for Big E to pull this off and get this win was great. And then even towards the end when he went to the commentator and just spazzed on him, he was like, yo, let it be known, bro. Throw anything at me, man. Yeah. I'm going to come through it, bro. I'm going to show you what it is all about. And um, Exactly. 
you know, even seeing what he uh, had that conversation with uh, The Miz on SmackDown, you know, he ain't going to change, man. He's like, yo, this is what we are. This is how far we got. And I'm going to yeah. continue where we're going to. So, yeah, this was this was great. And like I said, I enjoyed this match as well. Sheamus did actually a yes. really great job with Big. I agree. This was uh, – this match in the beginning, I was just like, ah, whatever. I didn't think it was going to be anything uh, Biggie. But this match with Biggie and Sheamus, man, was uh, actually really fun to watch. Really good. Really uh, great move from Biggie and Sheamus. They, they had a good time in the ring, man. They looked good together. So I am. I absolutely agree with you. Um, next match, Matt Riddle versus King Corbin. Uh, let it be known before we start, I am not a fan of Matt Riddle at all. He actually annoys me. So, oh, I bro, mean, you better take it easy on that, bro. No. <laughs> like, I find it appalling that uh, Vince McMahon has said that he thinks Matt Riddle is going to be the next Shawn Michaels. And I'm like, Vince McMahon, I don't think you're paying attention to a, a person in your NXT roster named Adam Cole. Because that person is your next Shawn Michaels. I'll tell you that right now. Um, listen, I get it. You know, he had to come out here with the win. I understand. With his rivalry with King Corbin. Uh, Matt Riddle, you know, he's new to the SmackDown roster. He has to kind of get uh, above these hurdles here. I understand. However, though, you know, I think it would have been nice to see King Corbin come out with a win. You know, I feel like they haven't really done much of him in a while. And honestly, King Corbin, I think, is one of the best heels on SmackDown. So... I think they got to start tre- treating him a little better, in my opinion. Yeah, man. Hey, listen. Let it be known right now. The original bro is my man Vince Russo. Let's, let's not forget about that, all right? <laughs> WWE, show some respect to Vince Russo, all right? But, uh, listen, prior to that, though, man, no, you're absolutely right, man. Um, me, personally, I honestly do not mind uh, Matt Riddle. I actually do like him as a wrestler. Um, I do... I am bothered that he wrestles with his bare foot, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just hoping in the long term he doesn't get injured on that. It's just because it's, it's not like MMA is something different comparing to you doing wrestling. You could get a freak accident by yeah. having no boots on or whatever protection for your ankle. But prior to that, though, man, uh, I thought this was a good match. Uh, yeah, you're right, man. Uh, King Corbin's uh, – his wave, man, has been going down. Um it's not how it was when he won the King in the Ring and he was like, yeah. just keep striving. Uh, but, you know, this was a good win for Matt Riddle. You know, they're, they're trying to make Matt Riddle get up there. Um, I, I personally don't know what's their plan with Matt Riddle. Um, mm-hmm. I think we spoke about it that it might be a possibility that he's going for the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, I would say that's probably that's, true. And that's the reason why Jeff probably won because maybe they don't want Matt Riddle to take it over on AJ comparing yeah. to Jeff. Yeah. But, um, True. Prior to that, man, uh, this wasn't a bad match. I thought it was good. Uh, uh, Matt Riddle has some really good moves on King Corbin. King Corbin, as a big guy, really handled himself very well with a mid-class. So I thought this match was good, man. So. And I, I got to bring up. I wish King, I wish King Corbin would have won, but yeah. Yeah? And I got to bring up before we move on, you know, I know that we were both uh, stunned by the, uh, the comment that was allowed to be made about uh, – Yes, about yeah. Matt Riddle, that um, about how they said that uh, he failed at his home life, which is like, uh, okay, we're going w- there, okay. WWE is man is so savage. Like, I really want to know how much you're getting paid for them to just let you slide with that. Like the way they did it with Jeff and his drinking problems. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything else at this moment, but like WWE is just so known for doing that. And I'm just like, yo. 
I, I just don't know how they let that rock, man. Like, For real? or even get it. But and I'm not the one that's running the company, but it's crazy, bro. Hey, but it definitely closed us up. And you know what? There was a lot of backlash on it. I heard on Twitter a lot of people were like, that was not cool that they yeah. did that. So there you go. <laughs> um, on to the next match. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus Bailey and Sasha Banks for the Women's Tag Team Championship. And as I already said, when we talked SummerSlam, you know, we saw the cracks happening. And this match, I think, was a very good match. Um, I, I understand what they're doing with, with Shayna and uh, Nia. They're going to be like a team that's not really a team, but they're always going to win because they always find a way or whatever it is. But, you know, again, I don't, I don't think they should have... For you to have Sasha lose the, the Raw Women's title a week prior and already start the cracks of, okay, like, we know it's going to lead to Bailey versus Sasha. And then for you to do them losing the tag titles and it's Bailey who taps out, which on top of that again, now it's, oh, well, Bailey tapped out. So, you know, she lost the tag team titles and she cost me my Raw Women's title. So I see what they're doing. They're, they're building up the cracks here, but I just feel like we're moving at such a fast speed for this rivalry and i i personally don't think it should be moving this quick um i disagree i think it's time um i think they uh with bailey and sasha banks they've been doing this for a long time now of like what they've been going to mm-hmm. and i want to give props to wwe because i thought this would have been done a while ago and it haven't. So I think they're doing a really good job on the yeah. pace right now, how it's getting. Um, with the Nia Jackson Baszler, it was a good match. Uh, I like the submission that Baszler did. Shayna Baszler, amazing, Amazing. It was awesome, man. And uh, to see that Twitter later on that night uh, with Sasha Banks saying, ha, I'm not the one that tapped out. I was like, yep, oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> like, Throwing out her friend under the bus like that, but um, I'm excited to see where it's going out with Sasha and Bailey. I want to see what's gonna go on. Um, I'm gonna make a prediction right now that Banks will be the one that will beat Bailey uh, for her WWE uh, Women's Championship. Um, when's that gonna happen? I don't know. Um, I see tomorrow. I just saw on Twitter that they're gonna go for their tag team championship again tomorrow yeah. on SmackDown. Uh, we'll see what happens. I highly doubt they're gonna they're not gonna uh they're not gonna win. Um, I agree. and I think the story's gonna continue from there. So I'm looking forward to see what goes on between those two. <clears throat> yeah, I fully expect them to have a match by Hell in a Cell. I'm expecting it to be a Hell in a Cell match. And I only say that because by that point Bailey would have already passed the uh year mark as being the SmackDown Women's Champion for a full year. So I'm going to go with that as when it, it'll all happen, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It just sucks to not see uh, Sasha Banks with a belt, though. <sighs> <laughs> On to the next match. Uh, Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. Uh, listen, th- this match was good for what it was, but, you know, again, very surprising. Um, I-, I-, I honestly didn't know if they were going to give Keith Lee a push like this to beat, you know, someone – the caliber of Randy Orton is a 13-time world champion. And, like, Keith Lee, like, I get it. Keith Lee's Keith Lee, but he's not a 13-time world champion. And not only that, but they let Keith Lee beat him in under seven minutes, which is um, surprising to me. Very surprising. 
And I know that you're going to bring it up because we talked about it when it happened, but that spirit bomb that he hit Randy with at the end of that match was insanity. Ooh. Insanity. Ooh. Uh, listen, man, uh, we was actually talking about it that day. Uh, that uh, Randy Orton is not a person that just lets people be him. No. you ha- He has to have that respect for you to be like, hey, you know what? He's going to be the next big thing. I'm going to let him be me. Uh, especially when Randy Orton was such in a hot streak, taking these legends out with these punts. Yep, exactly. With the punt kicks. And then to lose to Drew McIntyre the way he lost. And then to lose to Keith Lee was just like, oh, okay. Like, this this is something big, man. You, you, you're seeing it that they really want to push Keith Lee up there. And for them to let Keith Lee beat Randy Orton said a lot, man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely said a lot. Um but yeah, that spirit bomb, my gosh. <laughs> my gosh, the way he dropped it. But you know what? Who even made it better? Seth Rollins on yep. Monday. Seth Rollins pulled off a Rocky Maivia when he got Stone Cold Stunner by the Stone Cold. The yep. way he did that flip when Keith Lee hit um um uh Seth Rollins was just like wow, that yeah. spirit bomb, man. Yo, uh, you can think about it, man. What is the most devastating power bomb have you seen? Like, I can't think of one. Like, I could probably think of the Undertaker on the last ride. Yeah. Or like when Diesel used to do his power bombs, but like, yo, this power bomb is something different, man. True. <laughs> yo, these guys are jumping once they hit that mat. It's, yep. <laughs> I got, I got to see that in the next uh, WWE 2K22, man. <laughs> Exactly, bro. But listen, prior to that, though, man, this was a really good match, though, man. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing with Keith Lee right now. I know a lot of people uh, did a a, a protest, man, uh, to put Keith Lee back on NXT. And listen, I'm not upset. NXT has such a great storyline, man. You just wish that the way that NXT is is being run, you can see that a little bit more with the WWE and SmackDown. uh, uh, WWE Raw and WWE SmackDown, but... You know, it's just, it just, it's just too much. But, um, you know, Keith Lee, to start this right now, it's been looking good, man. And I'm liking what I'm seeing right now. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what belt he's going to be going for. Um, it's crazy, like, they started on Raw for him to try to go for the heavyweight champion. Um, I'm happy that he didn't win, to be honest with you, because that would have been too much of a push. I agree. But I, um, I, I want to see what belt. But he, he should be getting – I personally think he's going to be getting a belt – and Raw by the end of this year for sure, man. I, I would agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, on to the next match. Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins and Murphy. Uh, this match, really good. Again, you know, Dominic coming out here looking really good. You know, and then I know you're going to bring it up here too. Man, listen, people don't throw hum- – people do not give Rey Mysterio enough respect as he deserves – because for Ray to still be able to do the things that he was doing in that match, amazing. And then again, like, who you have across from them? Seth Rollins. You can put anything. I'm not even going to say a person. Anything in the ring with Seth Rollins. He's going to make it look like a star. And then again, Murphy, too. People forget how good of a wrestler Murphy is. This match overall was just a really good, solid tag team match. And I was not surprised that Dominic and Ray came out with the win here. I fully expected it. Um... I, I don't know how I feel about them now starting the cracks between Murphy and uh, Rollins. 
I know Rollins is going to be taking time off soon, so that's probably why they're doing this. But I don't know. If you're going to continue that Monday Night Messiah thing, you you kind of have to have, like, that... that uh, I mean, he only has one disciple right now, but you kind of have to have, like, that one disciple, like, on standby for when he comes back. Like, he can't just come back and be the Monday Night Messiah without any disciples. So I am curious to see where they're going to take it. Yeah, yo, you're absolutely right, man. You know, if WWE is smart, man, they could use Murphy to like continue and like have exactly. Murphy go, cr- have Murphy go crazy for Seth, and knowing that like he's gonna be back, and when he comes back, he's gonna be stronger and better. Yep, like exactly. they could absolutely do that, but they're not gonna do that. Uh, nope. I-, I feel bad. I feel like Murphy is gonna be leaving and uh, be getting a nice paycheck at home, bro. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Hey, listen, Thanksgiving's around the corner. The go. holidays around the corner, man. So I don't know, but um, listen, man. Let's talk about some some amazing history right here for Rey Mysterio to wrestle with his son. I think must have must felt very special, man. And I'll be honest with you, I actually would have liked to see if the WWE will actually make a little story about that. Yeah, you know, uh, showing that his son's growing out here and uh, to be something special right now in the WWE. The show is great, man, and um. Man, listen, Ray. I think want to say I want to say Ray's in his mid forties. I could be wrong. Uh, probably a little higher, maybe his fifties. I don't know, man. Yeah. But uh, dude, Ray's still looking good out there, man. The stuff that he could do, still at his age right now, man, Amazing. it's just phenomenal, man. It's absolutely phenomenal, and I and I'm pretty sure that Seth Rollins having so much fun wrestling Ray. All jokes oh, yeah. aside, you absolutely. know he must having so much fun for for Seth Rollins to even continue with a story because. Listen, man, let's be honest, too. Seth Rollins is another guy, man, that will not give you that push if he doesn't feel like you deserve it. Okay. Seth Rollins is is part of that elite now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Seth Rollins gives you that opportunity to push, it's because he sees something special. And I'm pretty sure he sees something special in Dominic. And um, it looked great, man. It, it was good to see the father and son have their own moves. It was great to see Dominic showing a late tribute to uh, Eddie Guerrero with the Flog Sprash. Yep. Um, it was absolutely great, man. It was a good tag team. Uh, I love that kick that fucking Murray did on Rollins, bro. Dude, crazy. Yeah, it, 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 it made it, that sold it so good. Yep. To knock out Rollins. So for Murray to mess up after there, it's for uh, Dominic and Ray to win over them. But um, yeah, it was good. And then, you know, Seth Rollins, man, is so good at playing his character and everything to walk away. And be near the Titan Tron and just looking at Murray like, yo. You messed up. You fucked this up, bro. Yep. Like it, it he just looked at him like, wait till I see you on Raw. And yeah. you, if people saw Raw, they know what happened. It was not a good not a good call out on that. So uh, yeah, Seth Rollins. One of the best out there. Seth is a really yes, sir. <laughs> keep Seth yo, keep Seth as a heel, man, if you can, man, because I really yeah. love it. And I mean, before we move on from this match, the one thing I got to bring up about Dominic, man, you know, and I mean, this might just be me. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think my guy has to have his own like move pool. Like, you know, if you want to do a 619 or whatever here and there or a frog splash, absolutely. Go ahead. That should not be his finisher. He needs to be his own wrestler. He needs to have his own finisher. Hey, man, let's take baby steps right now. It's true. He he took off the hoodie from SummerSlam. Thank God, <laughs> the hood was killing me. The hood was bothering me. I, if it was bothering me, it was definitely bothering Vince. I'll tell you that right now. 
<laughs> Dominic, you need to take off that hoodie. <laughs> but, I mean, you're right, though. Baby steps, you know, he's still learning this and that. But in in the future, hopefully soon, like, I don't think it has to be a long, like, has, it doesn't have to be that long. He needs to have his own finisher. He has to have his own his own set of, of moves. Again, do a 619. Do a frog splash here and there. That could be your setup for your finisher. That's fine. But don't let that be your finisher. Like, like that's Ray. Ray is Ray. And I, I, want, I want to know who Dominic is. That's what I want to know. Yeah, and, and, and it'll get there, man. Uh, but to see what Dominic is doing right now, man, it, it, you know, for him to have the height too, man. That too, yeah. Doing the stuff that he's doing, man. It, it's great, man. This guy's just still young. Dominic is, if I'm not mistaken, his early twenties, man. So he's, I think he's definitely think he's, there, man. I think he's 21. Yes. So the guy's doing good, man. So you know he's gonna get there, man. Do more practice and everything. He's gonna be something special to watch in the long run, man. Yep, I absolutely agree. And now it's time to move on to our main event, and I'm actually gonna let Jason lead our main event here. Uh, all right. The supposedly, and I'm doing air quotes, people, yeah. triple threat match between yeah. Roman Reigns, The Fiend, and Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. So, Jay, take it away. Well, we see uh, The Fiend getting disrespected by coming out first when yeah, he should have came out, <laughs> when he should have came out last. You know, that's the thing that we need to talk about. Uh, we talked about before, like, I'm getting tired of these people with the belts coming out first before they're facing their challenger. Like, I agree. Stop. But listen, prior to that, though, man, I was very surprised how the match started with Bray just getting into the ring and Strowman just running in there and taking no time, bro. Yep. He's like, yo, let me just get in and get this over with. So what we were talking about before in SummerSlam, the match that they were doing in uh payback is what we should have saw at SummerSlam. Correct. And um the match was looking good, man. Yeah. It was looking really great. Good. I was like, yo, this this is looking really good. But then you're starting to get to the point where it's like, yo, where's Roman? Yes, Roman didn't sign the contract on SmackDown. They should've Roman should explain what he wanted in the contract. Yep. Before the match started Sunday. They didn't do that. Nope. You you mentioned it. Hey, when they're going to mention Roman, they probably mentioned Roman five minutes later after the match was started. Yeah. They t- it, took, it took them that long to mention about it. Uh, it got to the point where it's just like, yo, the match looks like it's Roman and Bray Wyatt. Like, where is uh, Roman Reigns going to come through? Yeah. Uh, you know, this is just The Fiend and Strowman. Like, dude, come on. What's going on? Yeah. Um, and like I said, the match was actually looking really good. And then you see Strowman going up on the turnbuckle, and you're just like, what's going on? This guy never goes up. This guy's exactly. way too thick to be doing yep. a fly. Yep. And you already knew that Bray Wyatt was going to go up there and do a suplex or something on the rope. Boom! The ring collapsed. And I was like, oh! Yep. And then the dog. Dan it. it. Roman Dan comes it. out with Paul Heyman. Signs the contract. Starts walking up to the ring with the chair. Yep. He looks at the chair and he's like, yo, F this. I don't need it. Goes for the pin. And the first thing you said was like, 
That's the wrong guy you should be pitting right now. Yeah, he went for the fiend. You don't. The fiend. The fiend. The fiend yeah, the fiend got out of the pin twice when he tried to pin him. So he goes through Strowman, tries to pin him twice, doesn't happen. So he's like, "Oh man, what's going on?" So he goes back, gets the chair. The fiend gives him the mandible claw. Yeah. You're like, "All right, good, good." Low blow because there's no DQ. Yep. Boom, that happens. The fiend goes on the floor. Starts Roman starts hitting um, the Strowman with these chair shots. Yeah, like so you notice he pins him and then he wins the match. Yep. And like we talked about, the reason why there was a triple threat match in the first place is because they do not want to put Roman pinning the fiend for the belt. Exactly. The disrespect for the fiends who had the belt for seven days and lose it after that. Yep. <sighs> Should have never lost the first ball. Uh, to Goldberg. To Goldberg. Never. And then, and then to take his sweet time to get the belt back from Strowman. Strowman had it for four months. Yeah. Four months. And to get it back. I don't know, man. It's just like, yo, don't mess up this character that they got with The Fiend. Probably the best character they have on SmackDown. Yeah, he, he is your most favorite um, character, period. You you have a cult of fans for The Fiend. It's true. Like, there's a real cult right now for The Fiend. And they're even showing their frustration like, yo, what are you doing? I Listen, man. You could have found a way for the Fiend to one and not make Roman look bad. Yeah. Could have gave Roman that look like, what the hell? He could have spazzed out on Paul Heyman. I don't know, man. You could have done something. Yeah. Don't let that guy lose the belt the way he did. Listen, uh, the Fiend is done for the year, bro. He's not winning that belt for the rest no. of this year. I don't care what anybody not. say. Absolutely He's not, not. going to win this belt this year. Um... And ever since the situation with Goldberg, they made sure that the Fiend doesn't look like he's strong. And they're trying to make sure that they people see that. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's kind of devastating because it's just like <sighs> Bray has a good heart, man. Bray Wyatt, it's like. True. Yeah, man, it's just this is disappointing, man. It's just like one of my favorite characters right now in the WWE, uh, just in general, from Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, Just disrespecting the way they did, man. Just like such a bummer, but eh, it is what it is. But um, I'll do, I will say this, though. I do like this new look in Roman. I like this heel that they got for him. Yep. And uh, it's going to be something special. It's going to be pretty much the next Brock. Basically. The next Brock, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you kind of hit all the points there. This match started off crazy. This guy hit a power slam. Literally two minutes into the match, The Fiend put Braun through the announce table, and then they were fighting up on the ramp. They both crashed onto a bunch of tables. The, the ring collapsed, and then, like you said, Roman came out. He signs the contract. The match happens, and then it's over. And listen, I get it. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and say. I mean, I, 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 
I'm not surprised. When Roman came back at SummerSlam, I literally told you he's winning that title next week. Yep, I don't yep. care what no one says. And he did. Yep. We and, we all did, man. And I was just hoping it was just not going to happen, but it did. And listen, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm mad that Roman's a heel. That's all I ever wanted. I'm happy he's with Paul Heyman. That's exactly where he should be. And you are absolutely right. Um, Roman, is, Roman is holding on to that title until Mania. I hope you realize that. And my prediction now is that The Fiend is going to win the Royal Rumble, and he's going to beat Roman at Mania. And that's why they did this. They did this, and they had The Fiend lose it in a week, because now it's going to be all about the chase. It's going to be all about him trying to get to Roman. And it's going to take all the way to Mania. And I'm telling you, he's going to get him. And it's going to it's gonna feel so good when he does. I hope so, man. I really do, bro. I really hope so. Like if, 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 you're, if you're gonna say it like that, man, I might let it slide then of what happened. Yeah. But I hope so. But hey man, let me just tell you this before we move on. I personally think that uh WWE surprisingly did a really good job to do another pay-per-view after SummerSlam a week later. Oh yeah. I think and, I think um, payback was better than SummerSlam. Yes, that's that's what I was gonna get. I thought payback was actually a great pay-per-view it was actually way better than SummerSlam. And for them to pull off the way they was able to pull it off for that week was, hey, more power to them. I don't want them to get used to this, though. I, I agree. But it wasn't bad, man. So good job on the WWE on that part, man. Yes, sir. And it is now time, Jay, to move on to the top ten this week. Yes. And since we had such a shitty triple threat match, I decided that we're going to look up the top 10 best triple threat matches. Yes, man. So, Good call on that part, brother. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jason, take it away. What do you got for number 10? Uh, so, my number 10 triple threat match was the WWF Championship match. All right. Against Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Ooh. and Kane. Ooh, great this match. Was, this was Breakdown 1998. Mm. AKA in your house. Yep. Uh this is very phenomenal match, man. This is the time when Stone Cold was the main man during that time. Uh the Undertaker and Kane having their story together and to have that match was absolutely great. So that was my number ten. And especially a lot of classic hits, man, and in, in your house, man. And I just wish oh, they would course. bring that back, to be honest with you. Yeah, man. And listen, I mean, just before we move on here, just just think about the talent you named this match. You named Stone Cold. You know, you named Undertaker. You named Kane. That that those three alone, like you already know, you're getting a good match. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. This is all of them at their best during that time, man. Exactly. Hall of Famers, all three of them. There you go. My number ten. I had to show respect to the women out here. Number ten, WrestleMania 35, the main event. For both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship between Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. I was there live for this. I was very happy to be there for the first ever women's main event. And listen, this match this match was a good match. I'm not gonna say it was it was one of the best triple threat matches, but it was a good match, and I gotta show I gotta show respect to this match. So that is my number ten of top ten triple threat matches. All right, my number nine was another WWF uh, championship match. Uh, was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin okay. versus Triple H and Mankind. Ooh. This was SummerSlam 1999. 
There we go. Uh, Jesse Ventura, another great wrestler, was a special guest referee. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a really good match. A really great another another classic three. You already know the history. You already know the history with Mankind and Triple H. Oh yeah. So I don't even need to continue with that. But to have Steve Austin in that uh, that night, Mankind actually won the night for the WWE Championship. I'm sorry, I was saying WWF, but I'm yeah. just thinking about during those times. But <laughs> the WWE Championship match. Uh, but it's crazy to know, like you know, when you're reading some of these stuff that you haven't seen in a while, or look. <laughs> my man, my man, mankind lost it the next day to Triple H on Raw. Yep. Yes, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> like yo. But listen, man, it's just another good era of Attitude Era. It's just, I'm just such a bias for that era, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number nine uh, is Shawn Michaels versus Triple H versus John Cena Survivor Series 2009 for the WWE Championship. Listen, this is when Shawn Michaels and Triple H were doing DX, and it was revived again, and they were doing great, and they were in this match with with John Cena, and they were saying, like, listen, you know, we have to remember, like, yes, we are tag tag team partners, but, you know, only one man could be the champion, and Shawn Michaels was like, oh, yeah, of course, man, like, we're always friends. Let me tell you, this match started off with a bang. It literally starts off with, Sean on one side, Triple H on this side, and then John Cena across from them. And it literally starts with Sean hitting Triple H with a sweet chin music to take him out of the match. And yeah. John Cena is just stunned. And Shawn Michaels is like, nah, let's go. I want to be champion. Uh, overall, though, Cena does walk out as champion here. But this is another classic, you know, triple threat match. And again, look at who I named. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, John Cena. These are all people you know you're getting a good match with. Yeah. Uh, so my number eight, uh, this match was actually a triple threat match for the number one contender for the, if I'm not mistaken, for the World Heavyweight Champion. Okay. This was SmackDown 2013. This Ooh. was Randy Orton versus Christian versus Rob Van Dam. There you go, man. Uh, to get a triple threat match, first of all, with Randy Orton, Christian, and Rob Van Dam on a regular TV show and out of pay per view says it all right there. But this was a match for the number one contender because this match was actually leading to SummerSlam to versus uh, Roberto Dario because mm-hmm. Roberto Dario at the time was the heavyweight champ. Uh, Christian was actually the one that pulled it off uh, surprisingly too because you're talking about like I said a legend Randy Orton and the great one. Rob Van Dan. But this match, like I said, for it to be a regular SmackDown match and not to be like a one main event was actually uh, great uh, to see. And Christian was the one that went into SummerSlam to face Robert Real for the Heavyweight Champion. Yes, sir. Uh, my number eight is Edge versus Triple H versus Jeff Hardy, Armageddon 2008 for the WWE Championship. This is another one of those matches. You know, look at who we have in this match. You, Like you said, you know the history between Edge and Jeff Hardy. When you take it back to to the, the Hardy boys and the Edge and Christian days in either tag team or just the TLC matches. And then you throw Triple H in there. And he's already a legend as well. And this match is actually... Uh, phenomenal because 
Uh, Jeff actually comes out with a swanton bomb here and wins his first ever WWE championship. And it's just one of those moments where you feel really good that someone like Jeff Hardy finally got to the top of the mountain as he should. Um, so my number seven was for the WWE championship match. Mm-hmm. No Mercy, 1999. Here we go. Don't Steve Austin. <laughs> Triple H. Ooh. And this time, The Undertaker. There you go. Just look at the people you named right uh, there. Yeah, man. It's just like another attitude error, man. But this was a time when Triple H, uh, something that we need to remember, this is a time when Triple H and The Taker were both in the corporate ministry. Yep. Uh, you know, this match was something really good, man. Stoke Cole actually won the match during that time. It was like, in, in some ways, it was like more of a uh, handicap match. Yeah. You know, but Austin was the one to pull off the win and everything and get uh get it from there from No Mercy. But yeah, man, another great uh great time during the Attitude Era, man. Yes, sir. That was my number seven. For my number seven, I'm also taking it back to the Attitude Era. Triple threat match between Kurt Angle, Triple H, and The Rock at SummerSlam 2000 for the WWE Championship. And this is the time when Triple H and Kurt Angle were at each other's throats because of Stephanie McMahon. And, you know, Kurt Angle fell in love with Stephanie in a storyline. This is when Stephanie was married to Triple H, so he was all over the place. But listen, the thing that was great about this match is that people, I mean, people don't forget, but the storyline forgets. Like, yes, you two are at each other's throats, but you're in a match with The Rock right now, who is your champion. And The Rock, you already know, is coming out to entertain Mm-hmm. And he did, and he did that exactly because he came out and he retained his WWE Championship in this match, and it was all because Triple H and Kurt Angle were at each other's throats. <laughs> great, great man. Uh, the next match uh, that I have is number six was WrestleMania 2000. This Ooh. was for the Intercontinental and European Championship match. Yep. And this was with Kurt Angle. Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. My God. Listen, man. Another attitude. <laughs> there you go. But let's remember this too, man. This is Kurt, Chris Benoit, and Chris Jericho coming towards the end of the late 90s, the late 1999, going into early 2000. Yep. And for these guys to get the opportunity to have this match was – Absolutely phenomenal, man. When you have Kurt Angle, the gold medalist, the the pretty much the executioner when it comes to like getting the people on the floor, yep. the way of how wrestlers should be. Chris Benoit, one of the best of the best out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets you in many submission moves, like another Dean Malenko out here. Yep. And then Chris Jericho, man. That guy is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, this was absolutely a really great match during this match during that time, man. To see that opportunity to see these guys grow and to be something special in the long term. Uh, you know, the story with Chris Benoit, I already know the deal with that. But to still see the story with Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho move on in their life and to see how great they became, man. It's just happy to see them at their primes during that time. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, like, listen, again, think about who you just named in a sense of those are probably at the time like the best technical wrestlers in yeah. the industry, period. Correct, correct. My number six 
is Randy Orton versus Batista versus Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30, for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. This match overall is actually a pretty solid match, but the, the thing that makes this match so great, though, is that Daniel Bryan overcomes all the odds here, and he wins the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, showing to people, you know, dreams do come true if you work hard enough. Because they had a great storyline with him where it took him basically the whole year to kind of overcome the authority and all the odds to finally become the world champion. And it was just a great WrestleMania moment to have. All right. Yeah. Uh, my number five is what you mentioned already was John Cena versus Triple H and Shawn Michael. Uh, I don't need to really go more into that. Uh, you already know the deal on that. It sucked that John Cena won because, you know, me as a Shawn Michaels fan. Yeah. But Shawn Michaels wasn't playing around when he did that super kick. Yeah. He was letting <laughs> people know, like, yeah, I'm trying to win. So <laughs> that's all I have to say. But that was my number five. My number five, taking it back to the women's again. WrestleMania 32, Charlotte versus Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for, at the time, the new women's championship. And listen, WrestleMania 32 was one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time. It's when they had 100,000 people in attendance. And I will tell you right now with a straight face, that match was probably the best match of the night. And it was so great to see the women come out and just kill it, man. To just finally given the opportunity and to come out and kill it because there were so many spots in that match i sasha hitting a frog splash for eddie uh charlotte doing the moonsault to the outside of the ring you know becky looking good just because becky becky's already a great wrestler but then again you know you have the nature boy there he's the one who's playing that heel trying to help Charlotte win, which she actually does, which, listen, I mean, I fully expected Charlotte to come out as the winner here because that was literally the start of Charlotte becoming Charlotte. But another, listen, another great uh, triple threat women's match. Yep. And um, my number four was Charlotte versus Sasha and Becky. There you go. Uh, That was my number four right there. Uh, I just want to say, man, the WWE at that time, actually did a really good job to promoting that their woman division. Yep. Uh, and getting ready for this match. And this really inserted, because what, this was 2014, if I'm not mistaken, right? WrestleMania 32. No, that was 2016. 2016, okay. Apologize. No problem. But this also just inserted the uh, woman's revolution of how yeah. it was getting. And like I said, we, we spoke about it in previous podcasts. Of how the women's division has gotten, and we made our top ten females uh, best wrestlers all the time. But it started getting to the point like they're starting to take these women's division uh, seriously, where people don't go to the bathroom anymore. Yeah. And be like, oh, it's a woman's, uh, it's a woman's match. Oh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Oh, I'm gonna get to eat. No, people now is like, oh, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks and Charlotte gonna face. Oh yeah, I gotta wait for this. I I go I could hold to use the bathroom right now yep, to see this exactly. Match. And that's what it is, man. So yeah, that was my number four. My number four is Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton WrestleMania 22 for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, this is right after Eddie Guerrero had tragically passed away. Uh, Ray dedicated uh, his Royal Rumble win to Eddie. Uh, he won the Royal Rumble. He went on to WrestleMania in this match for the World Heavyweight Championship. And he actually comes out on top in this match. And listen, this is another match. Again, 
Ray's out here doing crazy things, man. You know, I think that was one of the last times I saw Ray do a 619 and hit it with a West Coast pop where he actually flips someone with the Hurricane Rana for the pin. Because he, I mean, he doesn't do it much anymore. You know, it's kind of hard. I get it. He's older now. But he hit it on Randy Orton, and that's how he got the win. And this match overall, I mean, again, think about who I just named. Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Kurt Angle. These are all people who you know you're getting a good match with. Yeah, yeah. Good pick. Thank you. Uh, my number three pick was actually a pick that you had, I think, two picks ago or maybe three picks ago. But it was Randy Orton, Batista, and Daniel Bryan. I'm not going to really say much because you said it already. Yeah. All I'm going to say is that night when Daniel Bryan won, all you heard the fans were saying, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So that's all I'm going to say. But that was my number three. Randy versus Batista versus uh, Daniel Bryan. All right. Uh, my number three, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins versus John Cena, Royal Rumble 2015 for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. This match is actually one of the better triple threat matches you'll see, especially in the modern day of WWE. Listen, man, you have Cena and Rollins out here who are trying to take out the Beast. Then you have Cena and Rollins going at it. But... The thing that's crazy about this match is there's a spot where um, Brock is on the announce table and Rollins has an elbow drop to him. And he actually breaks a couple of Brock's ribs. And that honestly doesn't even phase the Beast because the Beast comes back in, hits a couple of Germans, F5, bang, retains. And this is another match that you actually see Brock do a little bit more than just the regular German suplex F5 because there's a, there's it's it's three people so he had to kind of you know do a little more here so again it, it's also nice to see in this match Brock do more because I know Brock can do more yeah yeah that was good times uh Brock Lesnar good glory days yes sir I got used to do more than Goldberg <laughs> all right anyways uh my number two actually is the Undertaker versus The Rock. Versus Kurt Angle. The Rock was the WWE champion during this time. This was actually in 2002. Uh, this was absolutely... I don't know if you remember this match. I think this was... Uh, yeah, this is American Badass. Yep. Dead man from uh, The Undertaker. But this match was absolutely great, man. Uh, to have The Rock, uh, The Undertaker, and Kurt Angle in the match... Was absolutely phenomenal. This was during the time when Rock was starting to get in his Hollywood. his uh, Hollywood side, uh, the real Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> but no, man. Um, I think this is a match. I think you and me should actually watch this again one day because I don't think really people understand how great this match was. But um, yep, the Rock won that triple threat match against these two, these great legends. Yep. Um, but to give you a fun fact. The next month was SummerSlam, and that's where Brock Lesnar dropped came it. in. and uh, yep, dropped it to Brock. He, he dropped it to Brock, and uh, yep. you know where Brock came after that, man. So Yep, that's it. So he says it all right there. So, yep, that was my number two, man. My number two is Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus Chris Benoit, WrestleMania 20. This is one of the best. Triple threat matches you'll ever see. And it's it's so... This is wrestling at its finest. Because you're not only getting the wrestling. 
you're not only getting the characters, you are getting full-fledged story. Everything mixed into one. You have Shawn Michaels and Triple H who have been going at it at this point for basically eight months. And then Benoit comes in and wins Rumble, and he's like, you guys are sleeping on me. Don't sleep on me. I'm Chris Benoit, one of the best technical wrestlers of all time. And let me tell you, this match is so good for the Ruthless Aggression era because you get the bloodbath, you get the crimson mask, you get a bunch of sweet chin music, pedigrees. But what ends it all is when Chris Benoit locks Triple H into the Crippler crossface, he tries to reverse it and he holds on to it. And it's so satisfying to see him not only win, but for him to tap out the world champion himself. And of course, you know, th- just that celebration between him and Eddie is just, you know, that'll, that WrestleMania moment will live on forever. But this match is honestly, if people haven't watched this ever or it's been a while, I'm telling you, go back and rewatch it and you're going to fall in love with it all over again. <laughs> all right. Um, hey, man, I'll be honest with you. I honestly thought this was going to be our number one. Nope. Because uh, this was definitely my number one. Uh, Triple H versus Shawn Michael and uh, Chris Benoit. First of all, this is Shawn Michael back after the years of him spending out from his uh, back injury. Correct. This is uh, Triple H being the best of the best now, mm-hmm. trying to hold a WWE now that The Rock is barely there now. Yep. Uh, Steve Austin, I think, was there, but like he just had a lot of knee problems. Yep. And then Chris Benoit. A guy that I want to say the WW, WCW didn't execute very well. Agreed. Um, to be in a, a great match that they was. These three uh, amazing wrestlers had a, a phenomenal match. Uh, everybody did their finish move on that night, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, you know, me being a Shawn Michaels fan, you already know the deal. Um, I, you know, I always want my man Sean to win, even if I know that he's probably not going to win that night. But to see these three in the ring and to say that I had an opportunity to see Chris Benoit not only face my favorite wrestler of all time, Shawn Michaels, but also face one of the great ones as well, Triple H, and uh, one ring at WrestleMania. Yeah. Biggest event of all time. Yeah, sure. Um, and to see Chris Benoit win that match, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm just hallucinating, but I'm pretty sure the confetti started falling down. Right? Correct. That's yeah. how good it was. Yep. Correct. Like, ain't nobody winning championships in other uh, matches, and they're getting confetti dropping. It's true. And. To see these wrestlers, uh, Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero, be in the ring after Eddie won his uh, championship that night. Um, yep. It was just something special, man, and something that we uh, will cherish forever as a, uh, a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. If you're a WWE to AEW to ECW to New Japan Wrestling... I don't care what wrestling you're into, man, uh, or what division you're really into when it comes to wrestling. This is something you will never forget. And um, to see this, man, and 
to see two great wrestlers uh, pass away exactly. um, and not get that opportunity to see more in them mm-hmm. is just really a bummer. Um, but yeah, man, that I, I just said, man, that that night besides the match with uh, these three. To see that uh, relationship between uh, Eddie Guerrero and uh, Chris Benoit, it's very touching, man. And Absolutely. I, I dare anybody to say that if you didn't tear up that day or have some tear in some ways when you saw those two hugging, because it, it was, it shows the emotion of, like, brothers. Yeah, it, it was a real thing, bro. It's like, it was something special. And um, I, this was definitely my number one. And... Um, you can see why. There's just there's just so many backstories towards this match, man. Was yeah. uh, I I want to honestly thank uh, WWE to actually give Chris Benoit that opportunity and show them that you know. And you know what, Johnny? Too, I think this is something we haven't talked about, but I think this was finally getting to the stage where they were starting to give. The smaller wrestlers. Yep, I agree with the that. The respect that they deserve, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're not gonna, you're not gonna always find an Andre the Giant, a Brock Lesnar. Yeah, a Big Daddy Diesel. Um, and Triple listen, I, another, yeah, I'm not gonna say anything about Sean because Sean is Sean and Bret Hart was really those small wrestlers yep. at that time. But like, these are people like they really try to neglect. Yeah. When it comes to get winning these world heavyweight champions or the WWE champion, and for them to give these op- these times the opportunity uh, to get it and to see Chris Benoit get it, man, it was just so deser- uh, so honor and yeah and dude, remember Chris Benoit, man, that dude was crying in the ring too, bro, like in tears, like yo, this shit really happened, man, like yeah, something that he probably never thought was gonna happen, man, because every promotion wrestling he was at man they never gave him the opportunity that he deserved and for him to finally get it was like such a big achievement that he finally reached the top of the mountain and he could be like i could lose the belt tomorrow just to know that i won it yeah says it all so i agree yeah that's my number one sorry for ranting so long man but <laughs> that that triple threat match i don't think I'm I'm ready to hear yours. I really thought we was gonna be in the same page, but that triple threat match it just has so much history, so much background. It's just yeah. like and, and getting outside of wrestling just says it all, man. But uh, yeah, that that was my number one. So my number one and the reason for my number one is this match. Just overall in my mind is such a good wrestling match, and you really see the best of each person in this match and it's surprising because it's on it, it it's it's not a random match but it's it's a match that people probably don't know much about yeah and every time i watch this match i always get like the goosebumps even though i know how it ends and i'm like this match is just that good and this match is vengeance 2002 between the rock the undertaker and kurt angle you already mentioned it. This was year number two. Uh, I'm going to correct you here. Uh, the champion at the time was actually The Undertaker. He was the champion coming oh. up. I'm going to okay. correct that on you. Um, but listen, this is Taker, Dead Man Inc., American Badass, Heel Taker. 
coming in, kicking ass, taking names. And then you got Kurt Angle. You already know what Kurt Angle does. But then on top of that, you got The Rock. The Rock. You know what The Rock can do as well. And this match is so good because not only do you get the finishers, but each person in this match does the other wrestler's finisher. I'm pretty sure somewhere in this match, uh. Taker hits, you know, the rock with a rock bottom. The rock locks Kurt Angle into an ankle lock. Like, it's just, it gets to a point where, like, they have to start doing other people's moves. And the thing that always gets me about this match, always gets me, and to this day I love it, is the finish of this match when the rock hits the rock bottom on Kurt Angle. And, they, and the ref counts to three. And this is how you know Taker was so good at his job. Taker goes to break it up. And you're legit thinking like, oh yeah, they're gonna he's gonna break up the count. But he hits the three right at like right after he breaks it up. And so the rock actually wins. And you're like, oh, I thought he was gonna break up the pin. Like the rock actually won. I mean, listen, yes, the rock went on a month later to lose to Brock. Cool. But listen, at, at that time, the rock, I don't know if you know this fun fact. At that time, the rock was the only person ever in history to be an eight-time WWE world champion. Okay, that, that's a that's a fun fact. Yeah, that was the first time ever he won the title eight times. No one had ever done that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm trying to think of Stone Cold because Stone Cold was just that man, bro. Yeah. Well, that you know what, man, that just shows like how much injury really was on Stone Cold that we probably never. Re- I have, I we I probably never realized, but it's like it's just Stone Cold was just that guy, like. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, th- this match has yeah. a special place in my heart, man. And I honestly, if anyone ever were to ask me triple threat, that's the first thing that comes to my head. So that is my number one. Well, it's it's not a bad one because it was number two. So there you go. It was number two on my list. So nah. Uh, but yeah, man, this was this was a good pick, man. It makes me want to watch some of these triple threat matches now. <laughs> Yo, for real, right? Gotta go back and watch some of these matches. Uh, but sadly, though, Jason, we have come to the end of our show. Uh, thank you for coming on. You know, I know you you had a rough day at work, but you pulled through, and I thank you for that. And I hope you had a good time. Yeah, I did, man. I did. I had a great time, man. And uh, I'm just out here trying to have more views than any of your guesses. So there you go, that's man. Always, that's, that's always my goal. So uh, <laughs> I'm hoping I'm, I get there eventually one day. <laughs> one day, hopefully. One day, man. If I have to get better on the mic, man, I'll do it. <laughs> there it is. For Jason Aquendo, I am Jonathan Stanfull from your longest reigning Tag Team Champions of all time, 257 days now and counting. Yes, sir. Just keep jobbing, everybody. <laughs>